what that means? Me too. Let's find out. Okay, so we are here with Andrea on the line. Andrea, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing fine. Erica, how are you? I'm good. Just chilling. <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do day to day? What's your life like? Yeah, so I'm currently an art director at a tech company in Omaha, Nebraska. So Midwesterner at heart, born and raised. And based on context of what we're going to talk about, I'm pretty normal. Just a little precursor to that. <laughs> uh, I just had some interesting experiences. So uh, yeah, we'll share about, talk about that. Awesome. Why don't we just get right into it? What what stories do you got? So as far as like stories, I have a couple. One of them involves one of my friends, Kara. Uh, many years ago, she would house sit for the really uh, large, nice house north of Omaha, just about five minutes north. They, they had like a pretty extravagant lifestyle. So they had this really crazy house just north of Omaha. And um, I think they may have sold it since, but this was about five or so years ago where she, my friend Kara, uh, would house sit for them whenever they would go on vacation. So we would, um, a few friends and I and her would all get together there. She would throw a house party uh, under, they said that it was okay. So it wasn't like a throwback to when you're no younger secrets. and your parents don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> totally allowed. Um, so basically she was the caretaker of the place and stayed there for a few nights while they were gone. And um, one of the nights we had a house party and it was um, just, yeah, it was pretty interesting. There were a couple of interesting things that happened throughout the night. We were just all hanging outside and I saw some things outside. I don't know how much into detail you want me to go, but- um, Oh, please, yeah, please we elaborate. Everything. Uh, tell us, yeah, where were you? <laughs> what what did it look like? Uh, did it have a smell? Well, like, you know, we want to hear everything. Yeah, well, it was one of the summer days, very hot. It was night. Um is this like cornfields? I'm imagining. Like- <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, so let me describe the house for a second. It's basically like going to Narnia every time I've gone there. It's just the atmosphere gets a little thicker. There's wildlife. Uh, one time when I pulled up in the driveway, the gated driveway, um, there were just deer grazing a few feet away from where I parked. Um, there's like strange bugs and just like an eerie kind of atmosphere to begin with. So it just kind of sets the stage in a way for everybody that visits to say, this is a really strange house. It's really cool. It has a lot of really interesting wallpaper. His wife had decorated with, uh, from one side of the house, you can see it's like a ranch style. You can see straight through to the other side of the house. So just complete like tunnel vision in a way. Um, they have this giant pool and, a Chihuly sculpture right Whoa. next to it and canopy of <laughs> trees. So yeah, um, really elaborate garden. So it's like for it to be kind of just north of Omaha, this house is pretty unique. 
Um, it's one of my favorite places, but also, again, it's really eerie. So yeah, Narnia. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess normally when you think about going out into, you know, some sort of remote or at least like outside of the city, you know, hangout, you think of it being serene, you know, and peaceful. Uh, eerie is not normally yeah. the word that I hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's just like a thicker atmosphere. Like it's super weird, but yeah. I was thinking too, like the reason that they had someone house it, like was it because they had pets or, you know, they had something that they were protecting or, you know, what was <laughs> what was the reason behind that? Was there a duty beyond stay, just stay here while we're gone? Like the Knights Templar of Nebraska? <laughs> well, it's just like somebody to take care of the grounds, uh, somebody to be there. Because I don't think that they had with all their artwork, all their expensive things in the house, they didn't have a security system. Now they've moved since then, so it's okay for me to say that. <laughs> but, um, oh, so she was basically like a security guard, a gardener, and if packages from Amazon got delivered, she was there. So Sure, sure. And, you know, the lights turning on and off or, you know, just those little basic things that we all kind of worry about or think about when we travel. Yeah, like I left that lamp on. Uh, but yeah, funny enough, like, so um, a little backstory to this is that, um, well, maybe I don't want to get into that just yet. I can just tell you about this night that I visited. It was just like any other night that I had visited for their house party. Um, so Kara, she decided to throw like a little get together. It's, it's about 8 p.m., 9 p.m. during the summer. And we're all just kind of hanging out and getting a couple of drinks, but I'm not, not getting drunk by any means. I'm still like aware of my surroundings, although I reflect back and I'm like, maybe, but, um, uh, everybody was inside and I decided to just, it's really hot. I'm just going to go swim by myself for a little bit. And, you know, it's really nice out. It's like super serene and quiet and you can hear, you know, crickets and all that stuff, um, going on in the background and I can hear my friends inside laughing, drinking, having a good time, eating snacks that Kara had prepared. And um, I just, I kind of pivot around and I'm just kind of enjoying, you know, being in this pool by myself, Chihuly sculpture within view. Uh, <laughs> and it's ridiculous, I know, uh, but it was it's really amazing. beautiful. And I kind of just float there and I look up at this canopy of trees above me and I see what looks like a giant firefly. And I'm just amazed at how bright it is. It's just a giant green firefly that's just hovering around in this canopy. And uh, the canopy itself is maybe like 15 to 20 feet away from me. And so I'm just, I'm just floating there and I'm just watching it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get my friends over here to look at this. Cause I'm like, guys, I yell, I'm like, guys, come over here. There's this crazy bug you need to see. It's beautiful. <laughs> and the moment I said it, this giant firefly, it was huge. It stopped and just stopped dead center, like just dead in the middle of where I was viewing it. And it just zipped behind the trees and left this little contrail of light. And I'm just floating there. Like, what did I just see? Like, this is super weird. Um, my friends come out and they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, like trying to explain to them that I saw what looked like a giant firefly, but I'm gradually like realizing that was way too big to be a giant firefly. So um, possibly an orb, I guess, is what mm. I saw. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen anything like that, but it was kind of weird. No, which is why I'm fascinated um, by your account of this and the fact that you were the only one that saw it. Like, you seem like <laughs> chosen. Yeah, and you know, you hear about you hear about orbs, you know, occasionally, but I guess I've never heard of one being that that high, right? Like floating in the sky, way above the ground. I guess could you give us some reference to like? 
size? Like, uh, I know you said it was huge. Yeah, I mean, if I were to say like size-wise of what this looked like, it was about, like I said, like 15 or 20 feet away. And um, it was probably about three to four inches in diameter, like the glow of it. I couldn't tell like the actual body of it, whatever it was. So that's why I'm now like, maybe it was just some weird orb-shaped thing that's just floating there because what was weird, like I said, it was just floating kind of back and forth, just doing natural movements, like smooth movements. And then the moment that I acknowledged it exi- like its existence to my friends and yelled to my friends to come and see, it stopped, like just stopped, didn't even move, and then zipped behind the trees so that were lining the property. And then I, so I explained that to my friend Kara who had been house-sitting for quite a while. This is probably her fourth or fifth time house-sitting. And uh, she's like, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. (laughs) So other people have seen orbs. Tell us more. Did she ever witness anything like that? Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, um, she had replaced another caretaker who uh, she, this other caretaker and her had spoken before. And uh, they had told Kara that they no longer wanted to do house sit for this this couple because they were experiencing things throughout the night. Like they would be sleeping and their door would be locked when they would go to bed. And then the door would be wide open when they would wake up to their bedroom or, uh, you know, the typical <laughs> like a microwave would turn on by itself or lights would flicker. Um, and they also felt like this heavy weight of an atmosphere within the building itself. And uh, so pretty much everyone that was in the room with me that night when we were discussing this little orb thing that I had just witnessed and I'm thinking I'm going crazy, like I must have, like, I, you don't want to acknowledge that, you know, to your friends. Like, I just saw something really weird. And uh, Kara kind of opens up the conversation and she starts talking about that. And then my friends who are with us are also saying, no, really, like, I feel that way too. Like, this place is weird. It has an eerie, you know, just like intuitive, weird, like, hair stand up on the back of your neck kind of a thing. So made me feel less crazy in the moment, but Mm -hmm. a little strange. Because while it's sort of freaky and people have experienced things like that in the house before, which you didn't know, um, and that you had this fantastic sort of experience out in the pool, it's still a place that is really intriguing and like draws people in. Like the way you described it at the beginning, I was like, I want to go there. (laughs) I want to see it. I want to know what it looks like. And so it's interesting that both of those things can kind of exist, those qualities of a place. So you said the family, you said the family's moved. Um, Did they move because of this? (laughs) I don't know. Um, They, I mean, I'm sure they just sold the place. I I didn't hear anything more of it because to be honest, uh, a couple years after that, I think that was, Kara's last, if not the like near the last time that she house sat for them because she too with like the the last house, uh, sorry the last caretaker, she was also the same school of thought that this place is weird because uh, Kara was also experiencing those things that the mm-hmm. previous house uh, caretaker had experienced and they the the thing that really gets you is that they said they both said this that it just feels like there's a bad spirit in the house and. So, um, I mean, this place is extreme. Like it has a bunch of wallpaper. It's just, the layout is just kind of funky, like really large open space. Um, and they have this crazy maze of a garden out back too. So it's just all of the things that are basically 
setting it up, setting it up for some sort of lots of places for things to hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the orbs. <laughs> Which I I have like, I'm looking at a paper in front of me that like has like very minimal detail about this other experience that you were going to tell us about. And that seems like a factor of it that's removed. So I'm interested to like hear you talk about that other experience and see like, you know, what the differences are of these places side by side and these encounters side by side. Yeah. Um, so the other story that I have, so um, yeah, these these two stories, they stand out in my memory the most as far as like, those are really strange and I'm totally like aware of my surroundings kind of a thing. So the second story takes place when I was in college um, <laughs> about 12 years ago. So a uh, <laughs> long time ago, but it stands out in my memory because my um, my then boyfriend was moving into his apartment with his brother and it's a garden level kind of basement apartment just across the street from the college at UNK in Kearney, um, Nebraska. And so he's unpacking. It's late at night, kind of same similar scenario where it's just maybe some things happening at night. I don't know if that's the commonality, but um, I was just, I was doing as much work as I can to help and just sitting on the couch in the living room <laughs> while they were unpacking. <laughs> and, they, they were in his bedroom unpacking and so my then boyfriend and his brother and they're talking and I'm just kind of like on my phone or just sitting there kind of laying down and just kind of relaxing and I hear them talking normally about the things that they're unpacking and like, yeah, this thing should go there, this thing should go like in this bedroom or whatever. And um, all of a sudden I they stop talking and... I, I like, I perk up because they, like, I don't know how to describe it other than it sounds like they raise their voice and it sounds like his brother says, what is she doing here? She shouldn't be here. And oh, creepy. then nothing happens. <laughs> and I could see their shadows. Like I'm watching like from the living room, totally awake. And I mean, I'm laying there, but I'm awake. And I can see their shadows from the one light source in the middle of the room that's on the ceiling, you know, and um, they, I just, I get up and I can see their shadows. I just see like movement. It wasn't like a definitive like shape or anything, but I just see like movement in that room. And so I go in there and I'm going to be like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, Because I was the only girl in the house at that moment. So it was like. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be horribly offensive. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like going in there like, to be all like, what are you guys talking about? That's really rude. Um, and I walk in and no one's in that room. And I am like, again, am I losing my mind? What's happening? Like, I'm totally normal. I'm not crazy, right? But, um, and I looked down the hallway and this was a room that I couldn't see from where I was sitting in the living room. And they're in that room down the hallway about 15 feet again away. And I walk in there and I'm like, hey guys, they're in there just kind of like fiddling around with his brother's uh, things in his room because his brother had been living there already. And I'm like, hey guys, were you guys just in the other room talking? And they just look at me with a blank stare and they're like, no, we've been in here the whole time. (laughs) Oh my God. What'd they say when you told them what you heard? I... I mean, first, this is a similar, there's some connections here. It kind of sounds, it'll sound very connected in a second. Um, his brother <laughs> oh, kind of yes. gave me a blank stare and 
he wanted me to explain what I had, what I had heard. And I told him, you know, it sounded like one of you said, just totally blunt, what is she doing here? She needs to leave or something to that effect. Um, again, it's been like 12 years. Um, and Grant just, he, so my, my boyfriend at the time, his brother, Grant, um, he just, he's like, I have a story to tell you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little later. And granted later didn't come that night. So we just, we, we hung out and like the moving process was completed and everything. And we just kind of let it go. And I just tried to think nothing of it. And then later, um, I don't know what sparked the interest, but his brother Grant one night, a couple months later or so, decided to come clean about the apartment and uh, had me, like, he did this demonstration of what he had to go through every night living there. And I'm like, you should have told us this, by the way, before moving in. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to scare his brother away. (laughs) He just wants the rent. (laughs) Yeah, he just wants somebody to pay the bills. So Grant has me lay down on a bed. He's like, Andrea, I want to give you a demonstration for a second. I want you to be me for a second. Lay down on this bed. An odd request. <laughs> and we're, we're in the college dorms and it's just like a bunk bed thing. And I lay down. He's like, okay, close your eyes. And I, I'm, I'm trying to be trustworthy. I'm like, don't mess with me in any way. So I lay down, close my eyes. And he says, open them. And I open them. And he is hovering above me about five inches from my face, staring at me. And I didn't know what to think. I'm like, what are you trying to say? And he says, this is what I experience every night if I don't leave my TV on. Somebody just hovering in front of his face, like a dark shadowy figure. <laughs> Even talking about it right now. I'm like, no. How do you know he wasn't just like like making shit up, right? Oh, <laughs> like- no. I mean, you have those types of people that don't want to say those things like because they they are embarrassed and they're pretty respectable. Like he would never say anything like that. I trust it fully. Like he would never say anything unless he actually meant it. Um, he, he was still embarrassed to say it. And he said that um, his story is probably better than mine. You should talk to him. But <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he told me that one night when he didn't have his, his TV on, he just found that this wouldn't happen. This experience wouldn't happen if he didn't have the glow from his TV on every night. Um, and so one night he forgot to turn his TV on and he woke up early-ish be- between whenever this figure would approach and he saw some movement in his room and he demonstrates that for us too. He just, he gets about five feet away from the bed and he slowly approaches the bed and he's like, I woke up to something slowly approaching my bed. It was a shadowy figure of a woman silhouette because they had a, a backlight from a window. So you can tell there's a figure. And uh, when he woke up, he sat up straight up and he's like, what are you doing? And it crouched. And then he flicked on the light. He thought it was one of his roommates at the time, back before my then boyfriend moved in. And no one was there. <laughs> so... He, he's like, I feel like I'm going crazy. He's like, I'm glad that you've experienced some things too, because like there is the same thing, like the lights flickering or something. And I never, I never felt good in that apartment. Did it ever talk to them? Or are you the only one that had like the experience with them, like speaking? Not to my knowledge. I just know that there would be like instances with like the microwave too. I don't know what it is with (laughs) ghosts or whatever in microwaves, (laughs) but 
Uh, he had some instances with that, but he never really, he didn't say that he had anybody um, trying to communicate with him, except for that where it would just be in his bedroom. And I remember back before he had told us that when we would visit him before my boyfriend at the time moved in, um, that he would be kind of on edge with like certain things around the house, just like kind of not seeming to be calm in the apartment. So um, they moved out though after a while. (laughs) College ends, they all move out, you know, and I'm telling this story to one of my friends that knew the place uh, apparently. And they're like, oh, you lived in the haunted house. What? (laughs) So this was known. Yes. (laughs) So I was like, that's cool. All right. (laughs) You should have done some more research. I just knew that like, I know, I kind of want to like look back. It was like, I don't know, in uh, UNK, Kearney, Nebraska, but um, who knows if it's still there. It's been a while. But no, like with the two stories that I have, it just, they, they seem to be kind of connected in some ways with like, you have like this weird, like eerie feeling, like the, you just... When I was alone in that apartment, if I went there over my lunch break or something or between classes just to hang out, um, I would never feel, I never felt quite alone, if that makes sense. So, With that connection between these events, do you, can you think of a reason that this might, you know, these things might have happened to you? You know, is there like, you know, any meaningful, (laughs) you know, thing that you took away from it? Like, you know, did it serve some sort of purpose <laughs> or um, do you feel like it's just random? Oh, man. Oh, I would like to find meaning in it. I don't know. Um, telling me to get out of the apartment, that that one with my ex-boyfriend uh, and his brother. I don't know if that was just like a jealous, if it was a woman ghost, if it was like a female and she was just jealous that there was another female there. I don't know. Um, I just... I mean, since then I've broken up with that guy. So maybe right. that might have been a telltale <laughs> sign. It's a premonition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just jealousy. I mean, I feel like you could be jealous in the afterlife too. So, <laughs> so, so you, um, you would say that, that those were ghosts. You would, you would put those in the ghost category. Yeah, I would say the apartment at UNK was definitely a ghost category. Um, the one that was in Omaha, the... Uh, the orb one. I don't know. I can't wait. I can't quite put my finger on it. It just based on multiple reviews from people who have stayed there and people that I trust, my close friends and their feeling of the place was overall the same feeling that I had, um, which I mean, nobody wants to admit that, right? Like that you're all kind of feeling like this place feels haunted or something's just wrong and gives you the creeps. Um, So after, you know, I think it just matters when people come clean and they like say, Hey, like I'm feeling weird. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't think there's any reason for the orb though. I just think it was maybe something being curious that I'm just like a girl floating in a pool next to a glass Chihuly sculpture. That's just like, what's going on? (laughs) Curiosity. Did you believe in, I guess, orbs and ghosts or specters <laughs> or, you know, did you believe in this stuff before you, you encountered it? I don't know if, I don't know if like, I didn't not believe it. So I've, throughout my life, my family has kind of like told the ghost stories and things that they've experienced. And um, some of them you're like, oh, mom, you're crazy. But then, uh, I don't know, I keep an open mind about things. I just, I feel like the world is too small and there's so many shared experiences across the board about things that people have seen. 
photography, you know, evidence and things like that. But um, I think that it's really hard to disprove it. So I, I don't know. I think I might have been like maybe more open-minded than most. So That's interesting to me that you had mentioned photography as an art director who has done <laughs> a lot of Photoshop work specifically for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe someday we'll capture something. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> that would be so, so cool. Uh, yeah. But also frightening. And that that is interesting, a part of your story. You keep saying like, no one wants to admit that they get the creeps or that they see something odd or that because we are made to feel like we can't trust ourselves in those moments. Or it's like that moment in the movie when everything starts to go to shit. Like first we were just teenagers <laughs> in a party and then someone said, I feel weird. And then suddenly something bad <laughs> happened at, you know, next. Like it's sort of this like order of events that we're conditioned and maybe like, I don't know. And I was hearing you say that, like afraid to like enter. <laughs> With that yeah, emotion. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, even coming onto the show, I I'd be interested to hear other shared experiences like that. So, um, like I do think it's society and how they you're trained to not talk about things that are uncomfortable like that. So, uh, who knows? Like there could be, you know, there could be a lot more. I don't know. I just, I, I take it to heart. Like those are my experiences. I think it's one of those things where you just have to experience it in order to believe it. Uh, some people go to haunted houses and things like that. I, I like the idea of that. Like I was just in New Orleans and I wanted to do that, but uh, I am too afraid <laughs> to do something like that because part of me is, I mean, the believer in me thinks that this would happen and I wouldn't get any sleep and I'd be terrified and be PTSD or something. <laughs> what would you say you believe now? Like I said, I've never not believed, but not, not believed. Like, is that the right terminology? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> grammar. Uh, no, I like, I do. I think that there's, I think there's more to the stories that people tell. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that every story of an alien or uh, an experience with, you know, afterlife ghosts and things like that are false. I think, people do experience things. And I, I kind of believe in like, in those experiences that I've had, the atmosphere itself was distorted. There was something different about those places that the moment you entered into them, they gave you this feeling, like almost like walking into a very humid environment, like you can feel it. And I think that that, to me, the, the thing that I believe is that after if there, if there had been some sort of spirit or somebody that had been alive at one point in time and they had experienced a lot of negative things in their life or they had a lot of sadness or a lot of grief or something like that for a long extended period of time in a very enclosed space like that, I believe in like there being a smudge that's left after they have passed, that it's just a feeling that takes over. Like you, you can tell like when you're standing in front of somebody and they're upset you can intuitively feel that. And I feel that that remains even after someone has passed, if they were in an area for a long duration of time uh, and felt those strong feelings for that amount of time. Um, so yeah, just kind of like a little smudge that <laughs> you walk into, I guess. Have you, have you felt those anywhere else other than the, you know, sort of, I guess, keystone events? Like maybe you felt it, but you didn't see anything strange. You just kind of felt it. Uh, I mean, probably when I, in the, 
in the times where I have been in kind of like an explorer in those areas where I want to like go to a cemetery with my friends or, um, you know, it's just, I think sometimes you do kind of paint a picture of an eerie vibe when you have like candles and stuff and you're trying to experience that. So um, as far as some way that's someone that's experiencing it alone without any prompting of any kind, without setting the stage, if you will, of any kind, um, those two instances with the the orb and um, the voice that I heard, um, I've never experienced anything quite like that that's not, you know, prompted. I'm just so interested in what you had to say. Like, I'd never really thought before that about where do our emotions go after they leave us? Um, yeah. And the idea that they they could, like, linger and that they're, like, actual physical things that we experience in the world is just, like, wow, that's, like, a new concept to me. Yeah, I I think it's kind of, like, this energy, you know? You just, you don't see it. It doesn't mean it's not there. I feel like even though the source of that energy is gone, it doesn't mean that the energy itself itself doesn't leave or does leave one or the other. So would you say that after, I guess, experiencing this sort of energy or, you know, just experiencing a remarkable event, period, um, has this caused you to take more interest in it? Do you find yourself more um, drawn to, I know you said, you know, in New, York, New Orleans you wanted to explore, but maybe we're a little too um, afraid. <laughs> um, but would you say that you've like been drawn to these sorts of uh, experiences more or have wanted to done more research into them or? Yeah. I mean, um, when I have free time, you know, not, not art directing for the company <laughs> I work at. I, uh, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me just to like see documentation or to hear others experiences. So I, I might sometimes like go into a rabbit hole on on Reddit or something <laughs> every now and then, um, but I mean, I I do have one other story that but involves my parents and it made me believe them, I guess. But I don't know if you have time for that. I, I mean, kind of want to hear it. Yeah, I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably how I was conceived. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. Okay, never mind. We're gonna I'm roll the joking. credits. And... <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, they. Okay, third story, real quick. Um, it made me believe my parents a little bit more. Like, uh, so this is what I was saying, how like I, I grew up in a, in a family and a culture with my family where we were very open about speaking about things like this of this nature. And sometimes you would be like, well, that's crazy or, or there's no way that could be true or you're just saying that to scare me. But um, one story in particular that my parents would tell me, it, it maintained consistency. The story never altered as they told it years later. Like it kept, they kept saying the same amount of time frames, et cetera when and where and who and what. And uh, so the story goes that this was right before I was born, um, like a year before I was born. Um, my my parents visited some family of mine down in Wichita, Kansas. So like Kansas. So, And they lived in Nebraska at the time. So they drove down there and visited my family down there in Kansas. And then um, on their way back up to uh, Nebraska, they they had an experience on the interstate where they saw what looked like a V-shaped formation. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but I, I just, I still, I believe them now because the, the story has not shifted. Um, a V-shaped formation that's like my mother described as a football-sized large craft that was hovering above the interstate and cars were passing underneath it. Just no one was stopping. No one was pulling over to look at it. 
uh, though it was very close and very large. And nobody stopped to look at it. No one stopped. So she said everybody just kept going. She's like, your father turned around. She's like, I was driving. My my mother was driving. She's like, your father turned around and we watched it for miles. Um, and then when they got home, you know, this was before internet, basically. So of course you can't really like search for it. But when they got home, they said that they had lost three hours of time, that it took them three hours longer to get home. Oh my gosh. And they didn't stop. So. And how did that affect them? Like, how did they feel? Well, my mom was the one that was adamant about talking about it to me sometimes because she she really loves stories like that. And my dad, uh, he never talked about it until maybe like eight or so years ago. I mean, he never, he he was one of those types that didn't want to discuss things that were embarrassing like that either. And then one day he was like, yeah, it's true. Everything is true, what your mother is saying. And I was like, this, it's one of those people that you respect and you're like, what? I mean, this was like right before I was born and I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the whole thing that was the kicker is just losing three hours of time and having a trip that was originally three hours long take about six hours of time to get back. And they, they mean, they didn't pull over. Do you think they were the only ones that saw it? I'm sure they, I'm sure other people saw it. She said there were so many cars behind them. That it was the interstate. So it was just... Um, they just said nobody stopped, though. So I'm sure it just terrified people. I mean, it, whatever it was. So you've got this. You've got this sort of in your blood. <laughs> Maybe I'm. I am an alien. <laughs> no. But you know, you hear lots. I should say of major alien stories uh, of abductions uh, speak about significant periods of lost time. Um, that's. Yeah. It's amazing how that stuff sort of just you know lines up across these experiences. And that after that, you know, that you you said your mother was really open talking about these kinds of experiences that, you know, that sort of shaped how, how you're telling us these stories and sort of how you interpreted them perhaps when they happened to you. I know they're not the same, right? Yeah. But, but when weird things happen, you know, um, how you tell that story is probably informed by like early experiences like that or like just subconsciously through whatever we inherit perhaps from our from our old folks. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I would imagine that if I had really closed off parents that didn't talk about any of those things, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you guys right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I've only had a couple and not like a, a repeatable like experience, but like some people that I've talked to. But Well, that sounds like a whole nother. Yeah, yeah. This has been fantastic. Um, your stories were unique and uh, interesting. <laughs> and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Yes, yeah, so nice to talk with you. Yeah, no, thank you, Adam. Thanks, Erica. Well, that was the first episode. How do you feel? Oh, that was so fun. I just, I loved hearing the stories throughout Andrea's family's life that she was able to share with us. And I guess I kind of just hope for a family lore like that someday. Like a lifetime movie or something. <laughs> like we yeah. buy a castle and there's a 
like a handsome ghost in the yes, attic. Yes, Castle, that I want a ghost We can't too. get out and your best friend falls in love with it or something? My best friend can't fall in love with a ghost, but the rest sounds good. How, how, do you, how would we get rid of it? No, that? but I'm serious <laughs> because, no, let's just listen to me for a second because I'm serious. I think that it can really influence your imagination as a child when you grow up hearing stories that are so strange and odd and weird. And the more interesting things that you hear about, the more containers you have to fit your own life experiences into and you can understand yourself in really interesting ways. Yeah, that's interesting. The thought that, you know, the more experiences you have, the more experiences you can experience, I guess. It's like her mom, you know, she said her mom loved telling these types of stories. Um, And then she went on to have her own experiences later on in life. And I almost wonder if that had something to do with her getting into such a creative career path. Oh, yeah. She's super creative. You know, it's also interesting, too, how these stories, they don't just stay in the family, right? We don't just tell stories to each other. Um, the places sort of inherit an identity. The The Narnia place was the Narnia place, mm-hmm. you know, very specific thing in mm-hmm. her mind. Um, the haunted apartment was the haunted apartment in the city. Like, everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about it and everybody talked about it. Um, okay, do you want to talk about climate change? Um, tell me more. <laughs> okay. So recently I was at this conference and we were having a conversation about literature and the environment and how as the climate changes, whether that takes several hundred years or whether that takes decades, a lot of our natural environments are going to disappear and go away and there will be places that we never venture because it's unsafe or many of our climates might just become really homogenous. And so, I don't know, it just, it sounds really pessimistic, but I wonder as that change takes place, if it dwindles the experiences that we're able to have, kind of like what you were talking about. Or almost the reverse, right? Oh, it's the like reverse. <laughs> the, the stories don't just influence the place, the places influence the story. You know, places really matter in these stories. The history in these places matters in these stories. Yes, exactly. Because for instance... I don't get scared inside a brand new building. Mm. I I really understand that nothing has happened there. It's completely new. And I guess more in terms of what we can control about what's around us in our environments and gentrification specifically, as the wrecking ball raises old buildings in all of our cities, we build brand new ones. Um, Will our stories based like change based on our surroundings and I don't know. Will ghosts go away when all of our old buildings are gone? (laughs) Yeah. How will our stories change as our places become more similar? And further, like, how do we make sure that we as human beings, um, that we're able to get out of the, the stories we know and get into stories that we don't understand and open ourselves up to new experiences as they become less available? What a good question. (laughs) Let's end there. Yeah. Listeners, have you ever been in a place that made you feel weird? Tweet at us at NPN Podcast and let us know with the hashtag #RealWeird. Thanks so much for listening to this week to our first ever episode. And as always, make sure to subscribe to our weekly show on your favorite podcast purveyor or at our website npnpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.
is a Super Secret Club production. Our theme music is by The Envy Corps. Visit our website, npnpodcast.com, or our Twitter, at npnpodcast, for updates and the latest episodes. <laughs>